All right. Good morning, good afternoon, or good evening, everyone. I am very excited because today's episode is conceptually based on the Kraken news end of things, but because of the development of various events globally, whether it's the UAP topic or UFO topic, whatever you'd like to call it, or otherwise, this is a very interesting episode. So a lot of... <clears throat> What you're going to see here is also going to be my opinion and perspective as well, because I've received a lot of feedback from you folks lately in the sense that you would, whether members or public, would like to hear a bit more of my perspective. So I will be implementing that in this reporting. With that said, I would like all of you folks to keep an open mind, and I would like to very kindly encourage uh, all of you folks to not take my opinion as the end-all be-all, as I'm sure most of you don't do already to begin with. Just with that said, I would like to give a very friendly reminder that I encourage all of you to not only do your own research, but take time to intuitively and logically take a combination of both of those angles and then use that interpretation that you feel is appropriate to then mediate and then disseminate with respects to applying it to different stories and whatever occurs around the world. So let's get started. So let me just minimize myself here because, uh, again, that is... Uh, I am not the, uh, the, if you will, the focus of uh, today's uh, recording. So let us begin here. First off, again, we're going to be using various different outlets. The article we're looking at here is according to the BBC, where it's, it says a camp, and I quote, camp spotted on suspected Wagner site in Belarus. Now, end quote. Before I go on, what I would like to do is I would like to thank my friend uh, Jeff, you know who you are, my friend, uh, for providing an incredible analysis, not just uh, as of in the last handful of days, but in real time. Uh, with me and I, perhaps with others as well, in terms of being able to dissect what is occurring uh, relative to one not being able to actually be there in person, of course, right? Now, what am I speaking of? Of course, the the um, the alleged, uh, dare I say, uh, rebellion, uh, uh, you know, almost brinking on the verge of alleged civil war, the alleged coup, whatever you'd like to call it. Now, before I go on, let me just state that everything I'm saying here is purely uh, analytical. I will give my perspective as well. But at the end of the day, unless we are there ourselves, we don't know. The closest thing that we can do is essentially use, again, a combination of data pattern analysis in addition to some other variables that also correspond with a heuristic way of thinking. So with that said, we see here as we scroll down and I quote, what does the satellite image show? The satellite image appears to show activity at a disused military base about 13 miles, 21 kilometers from the town of Asipovici, around 64 miles from Minsk, the capital of Belarus. The area has been reported in Russian media as a place which could house Wagner fighters. BBC Verify has identified over 300 tent-like structures erected within the past two weeks. Now, okay, end quote. This is where it gets very interesting because, again, at the end of the day, we must keep in mind that whether it is from, uh, okay, I'm just going to leave it at this, on both sides, assuming there's two sides, there may even be more, uh, depending on various forms of uh, proxy strategies and what have you, uh, depending on which nations are siding with whom, we ultimately do not know unless we are on the ground ourselves with respects to what really happened with, assuming I'm pronouncing his name correctly, Mr. Prigozhin, uh, who is the head of the Wagner Group, which is a military contracting uh, service, if you will, that essentially uh, the Russian Ministry of Defense and others have used in the past uh, to again, uh, gain certain uh, advances and to make certain progress in certain areas militarily. Now, with that said, what I would like to do is read something from uh, my friend Jeff, who did a great job, in my opinion, a fantastic job of analyzing what's going on and then saying, okay, what, what is occurring from there? Now, 
First and foremost, and I'm quoting my friend here, when Prigozhin got to within 200 kilometers of Moscow, he arrived at one of his primary decision points, which was whether or not to take Moscow. Although he had substantial backing, he did not have all of the backing he was counting on. After negotiation, he implemented his plan B. He may or may not have obtained tactical nuclear ordinance. Now, before I go on, let me just say that for those that may say, okay, what's the purpose here? Well, again, it speaks to sort of binary ones and zeros in life. It comes down to leverage. What do you have that, you know, in this particular particular case, Putin and the uh, Russian Ministry of Defense or the Russian government or the Russian military does not have. Because we must remember there is a difference between private contractors and then actual military that works directly or serves directly, rather, excuse me, under a particular government. Now, we see here that, and I quote, employing it successfully requires certain means and expertise. He may pose a threat as an unaligned bad actor 100 kilometers north of Kiev. Which is a fantastic point as well, because there are many that have also said online, does anyone notice that, again, Prigozhin and the Wagner group, with respects to the ones that have not separated due to ideological or, you know, beliefs or what have you, are actually 100 kilometers north of Kiev. In, so again, we have to consider this as well. These are things we must look at. And then again, at the end of the day, there are still many unknowns. But again, when we see here, for example, that... Uh, it's very likely the Wagner will factionalize if they not have already, with some remaining with Prigozhin, some aligned with the Ministry of Defense, and some fading away or being absorbed into other um, PMCs. So what's interesting as well is that we find that, again, as my friend Jeff here says, and thank you so much, Jeff, for this analysis, the, the war is by no means, not only the war, but in general, this is not over, right? We still, this is, even as I'm speaking, this is ongoing. We have many uh, known unknowns, and then we have many unknown unknowns as well, right? You don't know what you don't know. That's, it just simply comes down to that. There comes a point where one can play as many layers of, you know, strategic military intel chess, if you will, as they like. It's just going to come down to a point where, in certain cases, you don't know what you don't know. It's very, very simple, right? Now, with that said... I would like to, again, thank my friend Jeff for doing this this, uh, this analysis, but also, because of what we have on the screen here, I just want to bring up very quickly, some of you may say, well, Dave, what about, the, you know, the whole Titan sub-wreckage, right? What happened there? We saw that, you know, super-secret Navy uh, surveillance systems underwater uh, detected an explosion, I believe, many hours, if not days prior to uh, to the, the, um, the occupants imploding, if you will. Um, here's what's interesting. We cover this very extensively on the Patreon for those who are not on there. We've done a, a very fantastic job thanks to our great friend and contributor, Anu, who's um, really broken that down in the last handful of days and hours with respects to correlating and connecting it to a much grander uh, structure of things, both physically and metaphysically, and then the intercorrelation of those as well. So I'm going to leave that there. Do I think there's certainly some interesting suspicions to the um, the Titan sub-wreckage with respects to diverting attention of the masses? Absolutely. Absolutely. goes even further than now we can even call it sq sub quantum mechanics if you will dealing with immaterial intent etc etc now before we wrap up this um forgive me for jumping back and forth but before we wrap up this whole russian um uh, wagner situation what do i personally think and this is something where i must tell you that i'm not saying this to be right down the middle i genuinely do not know do i think there was certainly some type of strategic and or unexpected or maybe even non-strategic set of events that occurred either before, during, or after the situation with Prigozhin and the Wagner group? Absolutely. To what effect this changes the dynamics of the overall landscape is very hard for me to say. 
The next thing is, I'm just going to cover this somewhat briefly because a lot of you folks I know have done your own research on this. Um, according to VanityFair.com, Robert F. Kennedy Jr.'s town hall uh, was full of misinformation and barely covered by the mainstream press, uh, end quote. Now, I'm... For the sake of YouTube, I know that I'm on many other platforms other than YouTube. Um, again, on Patreon, we talk about things that, for example, YouTube will not allow us, etc., cetera, etc. Cetera. But uh, I am going to say the same thing that I said with respects to COVID in general. Please do your own research. Make of this as you will. Now, in terms of correlating specifically the topic that has been of in, in terms of, you know, in the last handful of hours and days, significant conversation having to do with the correlation or potential um, correlation between uh, autism and vaccines, I'm not for nor against that claim. All I can tell you is that, to, as of my own personal research, there are 214 highly and very well done peer-reviewed journals that do correlate, uh, peer-reviewed papers, excuse me. Uh, over the in which these papers have been published over the last, if I'm not mistaken, two to three decades, if not more, that indicate such. Uh, and I will. And, and now, with that said, I'm not trying to also say that, uh, that I am. Uh, we could say anti-jab, if you will. Uh, this is where it comes down to doing your own, you know, discernment. For example, some people may say they only want certain, you know. Uh, they're, you know, jabs when they're young or certain for when they're an adult for certain things and the rest they don't want. There's others that don't want them at all. You know, it, it's it's a very interesting thing because when you look particularly at right, what's called regulatory capture and the influence of big tech, big energy, big pharma to influence the um, coverage of what is procured to the masses and what is not, there's clearly some very peculiar elements there, especially when you have, again, 214 uh, papers in which have been also peer-reviewed. So to those that say, well, is there a grand conspiracy with respect to a cover-up in this case, with respect to there being maybe a cover-up with vaccines and autism, what I can tell you is that it seems to be the same playbook with respect to anti-gravity in the sense that Papers are published, the science is there, but because the average person does not read technical papers or medical journals or whatever, and understandably so, they listen to the media. And it really filters through that angle. And again, I'm trying to be as neutral as I can here, not just for YouTube, but also because in general, I think a lot of you folks know where and how I've stood on the subject of vaccines in general, particularly over the last three years. So uh, we'll move on from that. Again, I'm just going to say... To those that say that this is misinformation, again, as Vanity Fair has clearly said here, as I'm quoting from them, uh, particularly RFK Jr.'s town hall, I mean, there you can arguments can very strongly be made both ways, at the very least, at the very least. So the next thing is that according to Disclose TV, from people that are actually filming on the ground, uh, to the best of my knowledge, Looting, uh, quote, violent riots have spread to several cities in France. The situation is out of control in parts of the country. Now, I've seen footage, I'm not going to play it, but I've seen footage in the last handful of hours prior to my recording this where people have assault rifles or just kind of shooting them in the air just all over the place. It really looks like there's some very crazy things going on. Now, with that said, this is still happening, if I'm not mistaken, as of the time I'm recording this. So I don't know what the root cause is ultimately. Now, with that said, we cannot dismiss the potential element of military intelligence, not saying the West, not saying America or even North America, but the military intelligence elements of various countries, perhaps enabling such a social, um, uh, enabling a social uprising, potentially, I'm not saying that's what it is. These are factors we must consider amongst a another myriad and plethora of factors that do and don't involve military intelligence. But we have to remember that 
if we think about a sort of macro versus micro perspective, if we think about fractals in the same way we discuss such in science, human behavior, human social networks, and I don't mean social media, I mean just the way humans interact physically, can also be categorized into that of a fractorial template. So now, if it could be viewed in such a regard, how far-fetched is it for a certain element, whether private, whether government, whether otherwise, to say, well, is, it's very possible, let's insert some individuals to really create some chaos here, right? Now, I'm not, I want to be very clear, I'm not saying that is what is. I'm just saying these are the type of forms of thinking outside of the pre-designated paradigms that the mainstream media gives us, or the establishment gives us, that I think we should be thinking more about and more like. Now, that is not to say that is what is happening. It's very possible as well that it's very simply that people are very upset with what's going on, maybe not just with France, but in general. And I really do mean that. So it's, again, at the end of the day, we have to look at all angles and considerations. Now, the next thing, uh, I'm, I'm not going to give my opinion because I've been, I've given my opinion in the past and I'm going to sort of do the whole, you know, make of this as you will. And I really do mean that when I say that, again, according to Disclose TV, and I quote, Tony doesn't want his fingerprints on origin stories. Explosive new emails revealed illegal Fauci cover-up. Uh, new emails reveal that Dr. Anthony Fauci, former head of the National Institute for Allergy and Infec Infectious Diseases, NIAID, was at the center of an agency-wide cover-up, particularly with his involvement in the origins of the novel coronavirus. Exposed emails from Dr. David Morins, senior scientific advisor, etc., 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 end quote. Now, Here's where it gets interesting, because um, I'm just going to say that it's very peculiar putting politics aside that when one looks at data, this is why I'm such a prominent, uh, um, uh, we could say, promoter of in-person experience, on-the-ground experience in, in correlation with assembled, gathered data, but then we also have to look at who gathered the data, because then we have to, again, that, that's a whole other avenue as well, because data can be fudged, um, we then have to ask ourselves, okay, why is it that what a lot of mainstream elements are calling conspiracy theories today it is actually becomes, turns out to be a reality maybe, I don't know, 30 to 90 days later? So that's why I say I'm just going to leave it at that. And I'm not saying this to be pro nor anti-jab. I'm just saying that because, again, we must look at all of the possibilities with respects to what the evidence shows, but then we also have to remember who is gathering and reporting the evidence. If you trust, and I say this to you as an individual listening or watching uh, this, if you trust the source you're receiving it from, it is not for me to say that you are right or, are right or wrong, nor the source. This is why it comes down to individual discernment, in my humble opinion. The next thing is, according to the NewYorkPost.com, now we see as well, I believe that the, I think the original report came from, yes, the Wall Street Journal, and I quote, Bill Gates' private office asked female job candidates about porn and sexual histories. Now, you may say, okay, well, the way that this could be looked at is, well, Dave, you know, someone like Mr. Gates does not want to have an assistant that may have been involved in certain industries. Well, that opens up a whole other can of worms, but it, it, it's actually not that particular context, at least according to the, to the report. The report here says, quote, Bill Gates' private office, and by the way, what I had just said, one can play a hypocrite against the, 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 the male element of that as well. So the hypocrisy opens up a whole other conversation for that. Uh, but we see here, and I quote, Bill Gates's private office reportedly asked some female job candidates about their sexual histories, including what kind of pornography they liked, whether they ever had extramarital affairs, and even if they had nude pictures of themselves on their phones. During Gates's extensive screening process, a security firm also asked some women if they ever danced for dollars, sources told the Wall Street Journal. 
Another candidate told the outlet that she was asked whether she had ever contracted a sexually transmitted disease, end quote. So you, you get the point. I'm just going to leave it at that. Now, again, this is why some people will say with without looking into things, well, it's possible that he just wanted to see about an individual's history for many reasons, for reputation, for optics, etc. But that doesn't seem to be the case here whatsoever. So that whole angle of things to defend himself in this case is completely thrown out the window. Now, let's think about this bigger picture. If we take this, uh, take a military intelligence approach to this, again, for better or worse, in this case for worse, unfortunately, but I feel an obligation to report what I feel to be as um, closer to the reality to folks, we have to remember, this is all simmering out now. If this, if this is the case over the past many months or years in which Mr. Gates had these things, had certain private firms uh, conducting such interviews uh, to these, these nice young ladies um, on behalf of him and then asking those type of questions, look, I'm... We know Gates was close, was at least for a fair amount of time, was close to Epstein. And I know you may say, okay, well, you can't be guilty by association. Well, this is when the whole angle of perception management comes into play. For better or worse, Epstein understood that people being even associated with him made him made them, uh, dare, you, uh, dare I say, toxic in a sort of domino effect type scenario. Not only that, but if we take it, if we consider the possibility with respects to the allegations that uh, Mr. Epstein was either uh, working for certain intelligence agencies or was just a contractor, if you will, to the highest bidder, where he would, you know, blackmail certain individuals, gain leverage, and then sell to whichever agency paid the most for that particular tape or whatever the case is. I mean, you folks see where I'm going with this, right? So again, we also have to consider the different elements of who's putting the story out, what's going on, why is this happening? Again, these are a lot of different angles and areas to be covered, which is why I also believe that if the news really did report the news, they would report a certain story for longer than, say, two to ten minutes at most. Uh, which is what they, they spend reporting on a story at most, you know, run to commercial, report another story, get you worried about something else, and then repeat, repeat. Well... Just look at the dissection of this one story and all the elements that it has. And the news expects us to expects to just overflow us with information so that we stop thinking. Again, that's my opinion, because I know you folks like to hear it, but that's where I go when I look at something like this. What are the what are the leveraging aspects of what Mr. Gates was doing here that other agencies, intelligence or otherwise, may have picked up on to then use as leverage for various who knows? business deals negotiations who again it, it comes down to human behavior humans will unfortunately it seems as though that the higher up one goes in a system of business or otherwise politics you name it humans will use leverage against other humans whether it's during quote-unquote work hours or otherwise in order to gain a um, an advantage on individuals for a certain desired intent so again that i'm just going to leave it at that but you folks see what i'm saying here in this regard right the next thing is that I'm going to use Twitter here, at uh, Mvon Ren, who's, uh, in my opinion, a fantastic individual with does great reporting on the UAP topic, uh, pertaining to, we see here, extraordinary statements from Senator Marco Rubio, who is the vice chair of the Senate Intelligence Committee, in unaired portions of a recent News Nation interview. Um, okay, this is where it gets interesting. Mr. Rubio says we are getting more information, and he added more people are coming forward than at any time in the history of our country about this. 
pertaining to um, you know see a special access programs you know reverse engineering of uh, alleged extraterrestrial craft you name it now whether the genuine origin is extraterrestrial or otherwise I kindly advise people to uh, take a look at Dr. Halpudov's ultra terrestrial paper that in my humble opinion um, is far more telling than some may think there's there's one there's one uh, one of the theories in Mr. Pudov's terrestrial model that ultra terrestrial model that states for example it's possible that this is a species that may be genetically close to us or genetically very distant from us in terms of you know genetics but they've been living with us or here this whole time uh, we see for example others have talked about a shadow biome so to speak others have spoken about you know again I say this carefully what's past the you know the Arctic if you will uh, not trying to give nor go against not trying to give credence nor go against the flat earth theory but we have to consider all these possibilities particularly when we look at a quote stated by Mr. Rubio here saying if this is accurate what you're basically saying is that within the government of the U.S., there's a group of people who believe that they possess something that they don't need to share with anybody, included, uh, including elected officials who they view as temporary employees. Now, look, my opinion, if there was a deep state, that's a fairly decent example of such, right? A loose conglomerate of individuals across a plethora of institutions and agencies, both private and federal and government, that essentially keep uh, possess certain secrets, and even that group has within it layers of layers of secrets, if you will, right? We see here, again, Rubio described the alleged UFO program as, in essence, some sort of in an internal military complex that's their own government and is accountable to no one. It would be a huge problem, he said, even if it's even partially true. So again, this is why I constantly go back to referring to military intelligence forms of analysis and what have you, because we need to understand that it's, in my opinion, it's very likely this is the case. And I, I, I laugh because if I don't, I'm going to cry because it's if we think about how much has been covered up over the years, it's very interesting. Now, speaking of which, what we'll find here as well is that, again, this is actually, I'm referencing my own tweet here. For those that don't follow me, at uh, PodcastZ, if you'd like to follow me on Twitter. Um, I do tweet every so often, not a lot, a lot, but uh, interesting to see Roswell trending here as well, which is pretty neat, but um, if, so are the France riots. But anyways, we see here that this was an interview done by, um, I believe, a Dutch gentleman by the name of Max Moskowitz. Uh, this uh, article was done behind a paywall. I actually myself ended up uh, purchasing, I think it was like 7 or $8 to purchase. I did just because I wanted to get a full grasp of what was going on in the story here. And so we see that Mr. Dave Grush, think of or think or make of Mr. Grush as you will. And I say that uh, respectfully, but in a neutral manner, because again, it's not for me to say you should fully believe Mr. Grush or not, but one cannot deny his unimpeachable uh, credentials with respects to his, you know, uh, his intelligence work and what have you. Uh, we see here that he is asked, what is the most important thing this, this UAP technology can offer humanity? Mr. Grush says, one of the most scandalous facets of withholding this tech is that we could have been generating clean energy for decades, but continue to deliberately pollute the earth with oil. Climate change tech is being withheld. This technology has the potential to have a hugely positive impact on the ecosystem. The Department of Energy, which is also part of the Secret Services, has some explaining to do because this is a crime against humanity and the earth. We use the tech for war and not for peace and nature. The people who withhold this will one day have to apply for amnesty somewhere for crimes against humanity. End, of, end quote. Before I go on, one very interesting thing is that this speaks to what we've talked about in the past many times, dual use 
say a gravity amplifier, anti-gravity device is generated, it could be used to do some beautiful things, but also some extremely treacherous things as well. We have to be very upfront with ourselves about this, right? The question then becomes, if you are in possession of this technology, uh, putting the Mr. Grush aside, what let's just say it's these individuals here that are you know don't that that are you know account that are accountable to no one uh, with a sort of internal military complex system that's been set up allegedly you know during or post eisenhower etc cetera, etc cetera. what i'm not trying to defend nor nor attack the this uh, this alleged group but it's not an easy decision to make to say should we come out with this or not even past business considerations now i want to be clear i'm not trying to defend this group whatsoever but when you look at the way for example the france riots as we're reporting in this episode imagine if people in the france riots had uh, you know anti-gravity devices you know the size of say you know a water bottle i mean you'd be put, not just putting guns out of it you'd be you'd be putting nukes out of business really due to the physics behind that and the power behind that. So I'm not saying it's good that this should be hidden, but I think that there should be a way in which this is disseminated to allow the masses to understand. Now, if you're listening or watching this, you're someone that I would probably uh, say I would trust much more than others out there, if you will, uh, to possess this type of technology. So I'm not necessarily speaking to you, the, the listener or the viewer in this particular case. I'm speaking more to the grand masses on, on mass, on large, really, right? So it, it's not an easy decision. With that said, though, I think that many decades ago, there could have been a way, or there certainly was, and there still is, a way that this can come out uh, without having people go, yeah, well, listen, you know, my girlfriend, or my boyfriend just broke up with me i'm gonna go uh, literally um uh, crumble their house or uh, like the the foundations of their home the, of like the, like the bricks and everything with this little device that i have sitting in my room that's the size of you know a water bottle these are serious things to consider right now with that said i don't think that those should also be reasons to prevent this from coming out and to stagnate progress because then we go back to the for example the same underlying playbook as we had discussed at the beginning of this episode having to do for example with this story right over here because again papers are written on on these types of technologies but as jacques valet had said some months ago they they seem promising they kind of just go away they simmer off and then nobody hears about them ever again as we see, for example, here on Generation Z, these are some of the points that I've been trying to make as well with respect to showcasing documents that are, in some cases, many years, in some cases, many decades old. And just, you know, the paper ends with, well, this technology or this energy, if extrapolated and built upon, has extreme profound implications in, a numerous, uh, in numerous industries for many beneficial purposes. But then you never hear about it ever again. As we had, for example, with Mr. Coltart on the show, uh, I believe one to two months back when he said, think about it, Dave, you know, uh, look at the last 50, 60 years of, you know, uh, consumer electronics innovation. Don't get me wrong, there's been a fair amount, but it, in my humble opinion, as you folks like to hear, relative to what's being, what has been innovated, created, and suppressed, we're, we're I, I know this is a bold statement, it's just my opinion, but we're living in the Stone Age. So, again... Um, the final thing is that I'd like to point out here, according to The Guardian, and I quote, it burns wild and free up there. Canada fires force U.S. crews to shift strategy. Um, so we see this is written by a reporter, one in Toronto, another one in San Francisco, um, end quote. I, I will say that what I find to be the case is that as of the time I'm recording this, I am in Canada, and I can tell you that when I go outside, even in some cases, even when I'm inside, um, I do get that interesting sort of um, 
uh, feeling in my mouth and I get a strange smell. There's been some accusations that this smoke has also allegedly had poison in it. Uh, I think formaldehyde, if I'm not mistaken, don't quote me on that. Uh, but again, um, I'm, there are some speculating, well, what are the coincidences that so many of these fires occur in one shot coming from Canada into the US? I mean, at the end of the day, folks, I don't rule anything out in terms of something on the micro or the macro in terms of a potential, dare I say, uh, conspiring of sorts. And I only say that because we can't rule it out because we've seen, for example, how on grander scales, whether it's the UAP topic or some of the other things we've discussed earlier, in even just in this episode alone, we've seen that, again, cover-ups have been done, they are possible, and sometimes the best way to cover things up is to hide it in plain sight. I am not saying that is the case in this particular regard, but you folks would like my opinion, and my opinion is that, honestly, I myself am not um, someone that's very rapidly or very closely following uh, this particular story, so it's a little bit more difficult for me to give an opinion. I would probably have, I would definitely have to speak to more people, uh, people that I personally trust that would, you know, be on the ground, things like this. But with that said, I, um, either way, it's not good for anyone's health, whether it's Canadians or Americans. I think we can all agree on that no matter what. So the final thing I'd like to touch upon pertaining to, this is referring uh, to certain, I guess you could say more, uh, um, cultural, potentially economic, and of course, educational uh, issues and concerns is that according to the BBC and many other outlets as well, US Supreme Court blocks Biden's $400 billion loan forgiveness plan. Now, let me be clear in stating that, again, um, it's very interesting to see, uh, particularly because if we're doing, you know, uh, not that I'm the type of person to do this, but when I look online, a lot of these, uh, we could say, um, a lot of these back and forths tend to sort of devolve, I don't want to say evolve, but devolve into what you'd call culture wars, if you will, whether it's about education or whether it's about gender, et cetera, et cetera. Um, I think from a military intelligence perspective, taking a step back, emotion is, in this case, very, well, fortunate for the ones trying to create the chaos, unfortunate for the ones that are actually be the victims of it, but an emotional uh, honing of various elements of ideological belief is very significant that can then be unfortunately weaponized to create uh, emotional distress or even happiness amongst certain uh, demographics and amongst certain parts of various nations of which can be uh, done digitally. Just, you don't even need to do any, but this is what I've talked about, for example, on the Patreon for many months now. Um, no need to invade a country when you can just influence the minds in that regard. Uh, just change the ideology or shape it, if you will, um, in, a, in a form of what you could call OPE, which would be operational preparation of the environment. So we see, in terms of my personal opinion on student loan forgiveness, et cetera, et cetera, um, is it hypocritical in a, lot, in a lot of regards? Absolutely. I mean, compared to many things that the Supreme Court has ruled on, but not even just the Supreme Court in terms of, you know, what politicians get away with compared to the average person, we can go on and on and on. So I think more so than actually addressing the, uh, you know, what do I think about the loan forgiveness plan in and of itself, I think we need to look at a much bigger picture of things and realize what are the, dare I say, perception management um, campaigns that may be issued uh, and, and still ongoing online that may, that may and are likely influencing individuals to become emotionally riled up to then... Uh, use, dare I say, it is a serious uh, topic, but at the same time, there are individuals such as what Mr. Rubio mentioned of, of their, you know, for example, allegedly being individuals that feel that, you know, they run, they call the shots, they run things in terms of not having to report to anyone. So if that group is behind any type of curation of perception management in this regard, 
to me, my question would be, what is that group thinking or what are they trying to do? Because that would be where the real goal is for an overall influence campaign to occur for better or worse. And so that's where I stand on this. I don't necessarily look at the particular issues. I, I do sometimes, don't get me wrong, but in other cases, we have to look at what is the overall shaping mechanism that is occurring here? What is bigger picture? Because at the end of the day, folks, we, we see it and I'll end it with this. We see, for example, I, I've been guilty of it myself. I've fallen victim for the whole, you know, oh, you know, the Democrats are going to investigate the Republicans. Republicans are going to investigate the Democrats. Even long before Trump came along and, you know, politics was <laughs> perhaps more mainstream in that regard. It was always, oh, they're going to look at this, look at that. But it's again, it goes right back to what I've said for many months now, which is the same idea about when you're in line at an Apple store or at a, you know, a, a fashion store, clothing store, and you're trying to purchase that product, the buildup and the experience towards that product it's, itself is more valuable in terms of honing and shaping your perception of it than when you actually obtain the product it's, itself. And we can apply that exact same principle to a story like this, to, to actually to every story really. Because when you think about it, I mean, any of the stories we just covered right now within, I don't know, 15 hours? of or maybe you know 50 15 days at most because these are fairly big events to be fair people are going to say oh well what a, oh yeah i forgot about that so it comes down to what is occurring in the moment that is creating an op uh, we could say a shaping mechanism to then have a desired outcome not for the for the for the the many but for the few and what is the end game for the few Particularly when I say the few, I'm alluding to small group of individuals potentially curating these types of things. Now, with that said, um, again, we have to ask ourselves in a critical thinking regard, what do all of these mean? Well, I can't say in terms of what do all these stories mean to wrap this up. I can't say what they mean uh, for you folks, because again, you take away what you see fit and as you see fit. But what it means for me personally is that we need to be on guard with respects to watching I will just very simply say it, shaping mechanisms, whether it's for better or worse, regardless of the subject, regardless of where you live, regardless of where uh, you know you work, regardless of what your interests are. I think it's very important to, first off, in my opinion, keep a general overview and line of sight on just a handful of subjects that you're interested in and focus on those in the long term. Follow up on the story every other day, every two or three days. Follow up on that over the overall developments of those stories, etc., cetera, etc. Cetera. Because again, in my opinion, as others have said, real news is not oh, it's a quick story just to emotionally raw you up and then jump to the next one. We see that being the case all the time. So again, so with that said, everyone, I would like to thank you folks so very much for watching and or listening. Um, hopefully this was a fairly exciting Kraken relative to there being a news reporting uh, angle to this. But of course, I tried to jump in a lot more with my opinion uh, and we'll catch all of you very, very soon for whether it's on the member side or on the public side for many exciting things that are coming. So thank you so very much, everybody.